Welcome to another episode of the Rugby Buzz, a brand new podcast brought to you by H&HB Events. My name's Mark Hartree and I will be your host as I chat to rugby stars past and present about matches that they played or were involved in that remain highlights for them. Today, I'm delighted to be able to chat to former Scotland and British Lions fly half, Craig Chalmers. Craig started his club career at Melrose and later appeared for Border Reavers, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Harlequins and Worcester before finishing his career back at Melrose. He won 60 caps for Scotland, scoring 166 points and was a member of the British and Irish Lions squad that beat Australia in 1989, winning a cap in the first test. Since retiring, he's coached both Melrose and Isha and is now a business development manager with Portal Security. Well, Craig, welcome to the uh, Rugby Buzz. Great to uh, to chat to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, great, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not Surviving. too bad. Surviving. <laughs> Surviving. Well, that's all we can do at uh, at, at this stage. Things are, uh, are closing down around us uh, again. Um, you missing rugby? Yeah, well, there's been quite a lot of it recently. There's been you know quite a lot with the European stuff back on and the Premiership and a little bit of Pro, four, Pro 14. Um, so yeah, there's been quite a lot on the telly, but yeah, missing missing the live stuff. I Absolutely. think like most people are. So yeah, yeah definitely. Well, fingers, well, hopefully it won't be too long, but uh, but who knows? Who knows? Okay, so for your favourite game, um, you're taking us back 31 years to the 21st of January 1989. When I was 12, and the I know Five Nations game between Scotland and Wales at Murrayfield. Um, it was not only the first game of that season's Five Nations, but of course it was your Scotland debut. Um, and right in the right in the middle of the the amateur era. So, how did you find out you were even playing? Um, I think I got a phone call. I got a phone call um, to say that I'd been selected. And back in those days, in the 30, 31 years ago, there was a trial. So. Um, you know the international trial Reds v Blues, and I was in the Reds with Gary Armstrong, um, who had one cap against Australia in the November uh, internationals, international back in those days, um, and uh, yeah, we played pretty well. We actually lost the game against the Blues by a point, I think, um, but we played quite well. And the big, the big trial for us was the trials for us were probably the district championship which was the South, Edinburgh, Glasgow, North Midlands and the Exiles, the Anglo-Scots. And they were all trials in, the, in, them, in themselves. And we'd done pretty well in those games leading up to the trial. Um, played on the trial and, yeah, managed to uh, get selected for my first cap. And I actually got a phone call of the chairman of selectors to let me know that I had been selected. And then you got the uh, letter through the door, um, the envelope with your number on it and it, it, you, and from then on you sort of knew if you were selected or not because in the in the corner it had before opening the envelope it had a, a 10 or 17 it was back in those days if you were on the bench so mm. um yeah that was how we got informed back in those days um you know if after your first cap you didn't get you, you didn't get any phone calls if you're in the team or not on the team um, you've got a letter and then the good news or the bad news but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, obviously a great day. It was, I played age group rugby right through, um, so I wanted to obviously move on and play in the in the full full international, which I was very lucky to do. Yeah, and you were, I mean, you were only twenty at the time, and and the so how how soon ahead of the game did you get the call? I think 
the week before. I think just the week before. Um, wow. Maybe two weeks. Before, I don't know. I can't, I can't, you know, it was, it was obviously so long ago. But I think it was like two weeks before I knew I was going to be playing. Um, and the weekend before we were meant to play against Kelso, uh, I think it was in the board league, but I think I was going to be stood down just to just to uh, to play in that to, to, to not to play in that game. And but my the game was actually called off. A, a good friend of mine, Carl Hogg, yeah. his his brother uh, suddenly died. Um, oh, right. Um, brain hemorrhage, you know, shocking, you know, devastating. Uh, before the before that game and. The game was called off, but so uh, yeah, lots happening around there because Keith was a very Keith was obviously one of my teammates at Melrose at the mm-hmm. time, and um, Jim Telfer's nephew uh, as well. And um, well, Jim wasn't Jim wasn't the coach in the Scottish team at the time; he was coaching at Melrose at the time. But uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot going on, and obviously, you know, that was a pretty bad time for for for, uh, for everyone at the club. But yeah, um, yeah you you know. Life goes on. You got to get on with it. And I was, you know, had the opportunity to play for my country the weekend after at uh, at Murrayfield, which was uh, obviously very exciting. Yeah, and, and and of course now in the professional era, they you know the squads come together. You know, one week, two weeks before the uh, before the game. When did you actually join up with the, with your teammates for the first time? Uh, on the Wednesday, I think it was. Okay, Wednesday, the forwards and the the halfbacks. We used to go in and do some kickoffs and uh, kickoffs and lineouts, um, but I, I, I went down. I always remember being down the, at the club on Tuesday on the Tuesday night, and we used to always train on a on a Sunday at Melrose. That was the sort of culture that we had. Jim Telf had this training most nights of the week, and he used to get us in on a Sunday for uh, for training. So he came in, and I'd been out on the Tuesday night just doing some kicking and. You know, a bit of passing and stuff, just a few bits and pieces, and um, just getting the general chat for the guys. Um, and uh, after after training that night, Jim came in and he, he said, I'll, I'll see, I said, "He said I'll see you on Saturday morning, Chalmers." Uh, it's Sunday Sunday morning, Chalmers. And I goes, but, "I said I'm playing on Saturday, Jim." <laughs> he goes, "I know you're playing on Saturday, so I'll see you on Sunday morning." Uh, so you know. Although I was playing for Scotland on the on the Saturday um, against Wales first cap, he he expected me to be there on the on the Sunday morning to train the day after my first cap, which I was. Uh, I was going to say, did you make it? That, <laughs> yeah, I did make it. And, wow! But it was it was a, it was it was basically just you know I was young at the time. He didn't want me to get too far ahead of myself. Um, he was making a point basically. And that morning, the Sunday morning, I got picked up by one of my good mates, teammates as well, Robbie Brown, uh, who was a lock in Melrose, real good, you know, club stalwart in Melrose. Played, you know, he played for the South, and uh, I think he played Scotland A as well, Scotland B. But you know, he picked me up at the Carlton Hotel. I think half half eight in the morning, um, pretty pretty rough, and uh, <laughs> took me to Melrose, and uh, I was changed ready to train. Um, about ten to ten to ten, we trained from ten to eleven, ten until eleven before the church came in, because the yeah. QDRs just sat below the the, the high cross, ch- the the church on the on the hill, Weir Hill Church, and uh, so I was sitting there, and he come, Jim comes in the changing room, I can I can still see his face, saying, you know, he goes, yeah, 
good to see you here, Chalmers. Well done yesterday. Uh, but you'd have to train today. I, all, all I was doing was making a point. Um, point yeah. it, you know, listen, you might be the Scottish team, but and it was all the guys in the changing room. At the time, I was one of the first of a, a couple of young guys that came through that got capped. You know, Doddy was there, Carl Hogg, Stephen Brotherston, Graeme Shield, Brian Redpath, Stevie Scott. All these guys went on to get caps for Scotland. So he was just making a point, you know, listen, yeah, don't get too big for your boots. Maybe in the Scotland team, but you're, these are the guys that got you there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it was a very valid point. And, you know, it was something that I, you know, we sort of did for years. We, we trained this and we worked harder than most teams. And that's why we were successful as a club as well. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that, that, that Tuesday night after Jim had, said that to me. I, I can remember being up in the pub and in Melrose having a game of pool with my mates and all the Welsh guys, supporters were in. And, you know, I just didn't really get it. You know, it was amateur days. There was, there was, and the guys were up from Wales for probably about a week um, to visit the Scottish families. Um, and they made that, you know, they made, they made that, uh, that journey every two years, you know, just the same place, same little town in the border, same little town in, in and around Edinburgh. You know, East Lothian, wherever, and uh, they had, you know, they were they had a great time, and and I probably appreciate it as much at, at the time because it just happened so quickly, and but uh, you know, I think all the little bits that go with and the tradition that goes with the Scotland Wales game, all internationals, and um, it's, it's pretty special, and you know, I was to find that out later in the later in the week. <laughs> and the the whole build up to the to the week, what was what was that to the build up to the game rather? That what was that like? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was when you when you when you meet a hotel. We we, we met at a hotel called the Braids Hills Hotel in Edinburgh. Um, and what happens normally is the backs share with the forwards. Um, you know, youngest older. I was youngest in the team. I was I had to share with Ian Millen, okay. who was the oldest. <laughs> The heaviest, the smelliest, <laughs> <laughs> and I was—I was, you know, quite young, naive, um, and he didn't really speak to me very much. Uh, I always remember—I don't know if it's—I don't know how much I can say in this program, but what, if it's—if it's a—if it's a after after kids' time or anything. after kids' time, definitely, Craig. Yeah. But <laughs> on the on the thir- on the uh, Friday night before my first cap, basically, I. I'd, Ian had said very little to me, not very much to me the whole the whole time I was there. He just grunted basically, you know. Yeah, you know, he was he was twenty odd stone, here they are, tight head prop. I was a skinny little twelve stone fly half, you know. So on the Friday night before the game, um, Guy Armstrong and myself were playing pool against Ian McGeekin and Dougie Morgan, who was a coach at two coaches at the time, and. Uh, they said, right, okay, you two off to your bed now. It's you know, t- t- 12 o'clock, whatever. So I, I said, right, okay, off, off we went, up to bed, put my key in the door. It's keys back in those days, no no cars. <laughs> and I put my my uh, key in the door and you know, I, had this, I, had, I could hear this noise, this, this, this real funny noise, grunting noise coming from my room. <laughs> I think, what's, what's going on in here? Um as a, as he got a a, a a lady friend back or anything. Yes. Uh, I thought, well, I've got to go to bed. I'm, I'm playing tomorrow against Wales. So I 
but basically I opened the door a bit further. I can see the television, and uh, on the television it's uh, Joan Collins' The Bitch, um, a movie from back in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. And uh, I opened the door a little bit further, and uh, I, I could see, I could, I could, I could, all, all I could see is basically Ian Millen pleasuring himself to the. <laughs> <laughs> and the Milnes are big boys. The Milnes are big boys in no, more ways than one. And and uh, it actually looked like somebody pitched a tent in my room. But uh, <laughs> I then got to go in and spend the next seven hours in the room with a horned up sweaty or tight head prop. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking my sleep. I was a bit worried about about about, about Ian and. Um, how excited he was but so but we got through the night unscathed and uh managed to uh <laughs> very lucky boy to get, to get a first cat to be fair but uh yeah that was uh quite a scary one of the scariest moments of my career anyway <laughs> it was, it, i hadn't even started i was gonna say good to get it out the way early as well by the sounds yeah, uh by the sounds of it, it i mean i mean the, the game itself i mean obviously you're taking on you're taking on wales at murrayfield packed house um you know wales had shared the championship the previous year they the, two years previous they were third in the in the world cup they'd had a a number of high profile defections to rugby league jiffy had gone north and 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 so on so it was a a bit of a, a change team did did that make scotland more confident going in you know, I, I mean, obviously, I was new to the whole thing. I'd, I'd played, I'd played with a lot of these guys, and I, I knew a lot of the guys. I played with them for the side, um, but no, with good experience in the in the side. John Jeffrey from the Calder, you know, David So, you know, you had the, the Hastings, you know, the Hastings sisters, Gavin and Scott, you know, you, you, and yeah, you, you had you know, with four new caps that day: Chris Gray, Kenny Milne, um, Sean Lenine. Uh, the sort of original Celtic Kiwi um, and myself, but I think there's good mix, good mixture of experience and and, and youth, um, and yeah, we were pretty confident. But no, in fact, Gavin wasn't playing that day. No, but, I was going to uh, say Peter yeah, Dodds played, didn't he? Yeah. Gavin had injured himself skiing in Colorado, I think. Uh, you know, as you do, as you do when you when you're from Edinburgh in the city, but, yeah, um, <laughs> but. But yeah, was, yeah, we we're fairly confident. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it's it's always tough when you first cap; you don't know what to expect. But I had a guy called Keith Robertson who was at Melrose when I was there, and Keith was obviously very experienced. He was coming to the end of his career, and um, Keith was on the bench that day. Uh, Matt Dun- Matt Duncan played in the wing on the wing that day. But uh, I always remember sitting in the bus with Keith uh, going to the game. He sat next to me in the bus and just talked me through what it was going to be like and. Just calmed me down a little bit. I mean, you know, Keith had forty odd caps at the time. He had maybe forty one caps because he got he actually got three caps after that in the in the in the Five Nations and in the in the remaining games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he sat me down and you know told me what was going to happen. You're going to you know get off the bus and the crowd and you know interchange. Just just sort of ran me through it. Um, nobody else had done that. Um, and you use customary bag in the changing room. Then you, you know, everyone goes into the pitch and walks in the pitch. But um, we always, we always met by Bill McLaren. Bill McLaren was always at the tunnel, waiting to see the team as they came down, have a quick chat, and offer them a hoik ball, um, <laughs> which is like a, 
it's like a hard, a hard mint, mint um, yeah. boiled, boiled sweet, um, which took about three days to eat. Um, so you had to try and enjoy it, look like you were enjoying it and then try and just get rid of it when he wasn't looking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, on the pitch, and, you know, you warm up and warm-ups warm up, in those days are a bit longer than they are now. Everything's a bit shorter. Um and then yeah, they seem to you know like drag on forever. You know, just, just need to get on with this and get get on with it. But um, you know, once that knocking knocking the the dressing door comes, you know, it's time to go. And and uh, I think the first, I always remember the first the first two or three minutes. I got absolute shooing of uh, Phil Davis, big tulip. I got mm-hmm. I went and tack, I went for a tackle, and I was at the bottom of a ruck. Which uh, you know, fly halves aren't meant to be. And, say, uh, not, not where you're supposed to be, is it? No, exactly. And uh, and I got well, not, not twice anyway. I got a bit of a shooing, but uh, yeah, it was welcome to uh, international rugby. But to be fair, we played well that day. The, the mm. team played well. You know, the, it, it couldn't have gone much better as far as as far as I was concerned. Um, I got a lot of good advice. You know, I got a lot of protection from the likes of Finlay Calder and Jeffrey and. Yeah, they were a bit bossy, those two. Um, you know, although although well Finley was a captain that year, um, even in nineteen ninety, you know, they were the guys that did all the talking mainly at, yeah. at, at half time. They did they did all the chatting. Um but yeah, it was yeah, we, we got off to a good start, got some points on the board. Um, Peter Dodds was a extremely reliable goal kicker and um dead eye Dodds and 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 I'm gonna score some nice tries. But uh, yeah, it was it was it, it went well. I, I was lucky enough to get a drop goal in the first half, which was quite nice. It sort of set me down massively as well. So yeah, I mean, we the uh, the, the drop goal. We've got a bit of commentary to play. Bill McLaren's uh, lovely commentary um, of your uh, of your drop goal. So we we'll listen to uh, listen to that now, and perhaps uh, you can talk us uh, talk us through it. Okay, so Bill there say uh, says uh, the lad he gave it uh, gave it a nice lick, I think. So um, so talk us through the drop goal. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, it, it just got opportunity. I was I did like a drop goal. I was I'd uh, quite a few goals at Melrose. I mean, I three of them on my debut against the uh, Harrogate. In '87, I think it was. Um, so, so, you know, in those days, they were very much, you know, a bit more regular. People tried for them. Um, and I practiced them as well. So the opportunity came. I got a lovely pass, a lovely ball from the forwards and the front foot. And uh, Gary Armstrong put it, you know, put it right in the right spot. And, uh, you know, I managed to get a good connection. And, uh, um, yeah, it went over nicely, uh, unlike some of my kicks. That Bill, that Bill, that Bill referred to as inebriated um, on a few occasions, um, but uh, as long as they went over, it, it didn't really matter how how uh, how pretty they were. But uh, yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice to get it over, and you know, just everything seemed to be working out pretty well. 
Um, <clears throat> as you say, it was a, quite a, a new Welsh team. Jeffy had Jeffy had uh, moved off to rugby league in, in the November, November time, I think December time, December maybe. Yeah. Um, and I think one or two followed not long after, but yeah, you know, it didn't matter to us. Wales was Wales was always a big big team, and the fact that they'd uh, you know they competed in one you know five nations recently. And, um, you know, it was still a big scalp for us and there's some big names in their side. So, But I think when you go into international games, we, ne- we never really focused too much back in those days on opposition. It was mainly just on, on what we were doing. Yeah. We were not, there wasn't a lot, a lot of analysis and players. I mean, like nowadays, the players get so much, sometimes too much information mm. on individuals and, and team team game plans. So, um, you know, we just went out, we had our own game plan to keep it fast and, and furious and 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 you know and, and and that's what happened and you know it, it, it paid off for us uh, right through that campaign really until the last game yeah yeah i mean 19 nil at half time okay wales you know did score in the second half my call i think scored but you, scotland were always in control of uh, in in control of that game and you 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 personally finished it off uh, off nicely with a with a, a lovely uh, lovely try yeah, it was. It was. It was probably the perfect way to. I mean, nineteen and a half time. You, you know, you could not have wished for a better scoreline. Um, you know, everything went perfectly. Mikey Hall um, sneaked in the corner for a try. Um, second half, but it was. You know, it, it was. You put too much to for them to come back, and I, I finished off with a try. Peter Dodds actually. We came back right, and I gave Peter a pass and. Peter made, Peter made a nice little break and and uh, went in in and offered it to me supporting on the inside. I think it was about a, a meter meter a meter run and and flopped over the flopped over the line. Well, <laughs> again, we got we got some uh, some commentary of uh, of of that uh, that moment. I think again, Bill focuses on uh, on on the Peter Dodds uh, Peter Dodds run. Um, and I think there was a bit of a juggle, Craig, wasn't there, in terms before you uh, before you actually uh, actually popped the ball down? But again, let's listen to let's listen to that. Okay, yeah. So Bill Bill says about the juggle. Um, you were never going to drop it, Craig. Then no, no, no. I think I'm not sure if it was actually over the line. Peter Peter could probably have scored it himself, I think. But just the way he was angled, he was he was shaping to to fall over, and he, his back was turned towards the trial line. And I was just I just supported. One of the strengths of my game was to you know to to get a second touch uh, on the ball, and and uh, you know I, I managed to do that, get back in the game, and. And Peter just popped up to me. I did juggle it a little bit, um, and then got it down as soon as possible. And uh, I always remember, I always remember, you know, you sort of laugh at footballers, you know, grabbing the, you know, cuddling each other. But after that, after that, I've got photographs of myself. I picked, I went and grabbed Peter Dodds and picked him up, and I've got two or three photographs in a frame uh, back home 
Oh, Why not? <laughs> yeah, no, from scoring the try to then grabbing and going, thanks very much for that. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was very special. Yeah, to score, to score in your debut and to get a drop goal in your debut and to beat Wales. I mean, winning for your, you're playing for your country is one thing, but to to actually to win and to yeah, it was a, it was a dream debut. And I, and I always remember Finley Calder coming up to me after the game. Uh, and saying to me, he said, "Listen, you'll never play. For, you'll never play as well as that again." I was like, oh. "I was like, I'm going to hope so." Yeah, um, thanks, Finley. Yeah, <laughs> but that was, well, that yeah, was the kind of character he was as well, you know. But the support that these guys gave you, and they would never let you get ahead of of uh, you know of where you were. No. You know, I think uh, you know that that was a beauty, beauty about that team that we played in, and, and you know, you, although the game's professional now. Um, we got, you know, we didn't get paid to play back in those days. I would never change the time that I played for, you know, the times that I had with these guys, you know, for for what the guys have got today. Um, you know, we we are, you know right throughout the nineties, we had some special times, and you know we you know we we could have maybe should have won more, and, and you know, but you know, but you know we had we had a great time and a great group of players doing it, so. But yeah, it was it was a yeah it was it was a fantastic day and it, it you know it was just rounded off um, beautifully by by Peter giving me that try at the end. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the uh, I mean, you mentioned the group of group of players. I mean, twelve of that starting side were were in the side the following year when you went on to win the Grand Slam. So there was some, something special building uh, building there. You, you mentioned Finlay and John Jeffrey. Who were the real characters in that side? Yeah, I mean. They were they were great characters in their own right, John and Finlay. Um straight up and down people, you know, no mess. And John was John was actually quite a bad influence. You know, he was he was single, you know, he wasn't married, no kids. So he taught me some bad habits when I got into the squad, you know, too many late nights and led led me astray. Uh, easily easily led. But uh but, you know, but you, you weren't gonna argue with him though, were you? No, I just went I just Went along with the went along with the experience, you know. Um, but yeah, Gary Armstrong was a great, you know, obviously great player. Gary mm-hmm. was the toughest, one of the toughest, you know, player, if not the toughest player I ever played with, uh, with or against. Um, great character as well, mischievous scrum half. Um, Kenny Milne was it was a great player. I think I think Kenny never got the the plaudits that he deserved. He went to Lions, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny was a fantastic player. You know, strong, good scrummager. You know, good rugby skills as well. To be fair, now, Damien Cronin. You know, people like Damien Cronin as well. Damien Cronin, Chris Gray. They made a great, great team in the in, in the in the boiler room. And and, and in the midfield, I, I always loved playing with uh, the Celtic Kiwi Sean Lennon, who was always talking to me. He was a very good communicator. Sean talked a lot, and and Scott as well. You know, Scott mad as a. You know, box of frogs, but he's you know he he was a fantastic player in 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 thirteen channel. And one of the things that we prided ourselves on as well was that was our defence. And you know, very little came through. And I, I know when Gavin's playing fullback, you know, Gavin never really had too many you know one on ones to tackle. So that was a good sign that we were doing our job in the midfield um, and keeping it pretty tight. But uh, you know, we had, we had Ivan Tukolo, Gavin fullback. And you know, wingers change from now and now and now and then. But you know, Tukolo was a fantastic winger as well uh, on the left wing. 
Um, he'd been around for a long time. He hung around for a few more years afterwards, but then you know some new guys came in, and it all it all changes. You get one or two new faces every year, and and you know it's just natural progression. But yeah, I, I had a I had a fantastic time, especially those early nineties um, when we were competing for Grand Slams, um, going for triple crowns. I, even when I broke my arm down at Twickenham in ninety three, mm-hmm. we were going for a triple crown that day. Um, you know, and, and, and actually winning six three at the time of breaking my arm, which was absolutely gutted. Then went Mr. Lyons to because of that. So you know, ninety one World Cup, you know, six all could have been, should have been, maybe even the fight in the final, and, and who knows what would have happened. But uh, you know, that's rugby for you, and you've got to take your opportunities when you're out there. And we didn't take ours um, in that semi against England, uh, Murrayfield in ninety one, and you know, Gavin with a kick, Gavin. You know, give that give get Gavin that kick another thousand times, he wouldn't miss it again. And it was just one of those things. And you know, Rob went down, Rob Andrew went down the other end, and and dropped the goal, and England got the final, which they probably should have won. Um, you know, so listen, it, it was a great time to play rugby. Um, you know, in Scotland, and I think that group of players is still, you know looked at as one of the best crop around over the years, you know, over hundreds of years. So, uh, yeah, it's still, it's nice to be, you know, mentioned in the same breath as as the rest of these guys. And after the match, was it a a good night? You've touched on, touched on the early morning, uh, early morning pickup, but uh, good night? Yeah, it was a good night. And and it, it was one of these nights where you sort of, I never really got, you know, obviously back in those days, there was a lot of alcohol, big dinner afterwards. Uh, you're all sitting next to your, the guys you played against. Uh, so I was sitting, you know, Bledon Bowen, uh, Jonathan Griffiths, these kind of guys, they were the they were the guys at the time that were playing halfbacks. So you sit next to your, next to your, your fly half. It was all, all male, all players, and it's just a bit of a sort of, and, you know, you first cap normally has to drink a bit of this and a bit of that. I didn't really have to do any of that, which was which was great because I'd have been in bed by about nine o'clock if I had. Uh, but uh, no, we had a really good night, really really good night, and uh, I think I didn't really need a drink. I was just full of adrenaline and um, just couldn't believe how great it, had, you know, how, how well it had gone that day. And you know, I was just floating, you know, I was just floating uh, all night and had a great night. And I remember. When they went up to a place called the Tron Tavern on the Royal Mile, um, and then get you know getting picked up in the morning to go training <laughs> to go to go training at Melrose, which people people don't believe me when I say that, but yeah, I was pretty shit scared of Jim Telfer, so I was I was not I was not going I was not going to miss that session. No, um, no, and uh, yeah, and it was you know what you know what you know what it was. It was great to get back down to to Melrose to actually. To see the guys, to my mates, you know, the guys that I play with week in, week out. Um, and, you know, and then we, went, we went for lunch and had a couple of beers in Melrose uh, that day just to sort of celebrate. So, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, it was, and then back to work on Monday. So, because people, people went back to work on Monday. And, yeah. you know, it's always easier, it's always easier going back to work on a Monday when you've won. Um, of course it is, yeah. Things have gone well, but, you know, you, and I worked in Gala Shields, which were big rivals of Melrose. So if I'd had a shit game, then they, they told me. And uh, listen, that's that's the way it was back in those days. And 
you take the good with the bad and you and you roll with it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thankfully, thankfully, in those days, it was uh, there were there were more good than bad. So. And the rest of the Five Nations campaign, obviously, you, you drew with England next up, and then beat Ireland, and you know, still had a chance of the championship when in the last game lost yeah. to France. But you know, finished joint second. Um, again, the, the French game a disappo- disappointment. Could could yeah. you should you? Have- yeah, we well no. Listen, we we went to Twickenham and we we should have won that game. Mm. Going in, if it was a new scoring system, we'd have won. we won by a point thirteen twelve as yeah. we would only try. Um, an Ireland game, I think the Ireland game we were we were getting beat twenty one nineteen and a half time, I think. And I think the wind turned around a little bit. And Ireland had decent players; they just could never put it together against us. I played against Ireland nine times in my career, and I never lost a game to Ireland. Um, so I, you know, it was you know just one of these teams in that in that period from eighty nine to ninety nine. Ireland just couldn't Ireland just couldn't beat us, um, and we won that game 27 in the end. I think it was you know it was a high scoring game, some great tries, and then uh, went to Paris for the you know to for the championship, a share in the championship to win the championship. If we if we could win, um, but we played against a very very good French team back in back in those days. Babizi, Frank Minel, Sela, some guy called Serge Blanco who wasn't too bad. Did he uh, Did he ever make it? I can't remember. Nah, he's okay. He wasn't very fast. Though. No, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't very fast nowadays. Uh, but then you got like you know Lajiske, You had some fantastic players uh, in the French team. Um, Champ and Rodriguez and all yeah they were brutal um, and we went there and we got them on a, a sunny day in Paris and you know mm-hmm. sunny day in spring which uh, yeah it didn't work out too well for us but I think on, on the back of on that season it, it gave us a, something to build on for the next again year and um, you know where there was a alliance tour in between that and uh, I think that helped us massively as well to get to know a bit more about the 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 English boys and, and how they work and and uh, you know and I listen the, the year the year after the Grand Slam next next again year was was was, uh, was obviously fantastic and that's still the last time unfortunately that we won. The you mentioned the Lions, um, you know, aged age twenty when you started the Five Nations, four caps in, and you get selected for the Lions and end up playing in the first Test. That's that's just you know fairy tale stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. I, mean, I don't. I don't think I even. I mean, the Lions tour. I think had been called off. I think maybe the the, the previous tour had been shelved to Africa. I think. Yeah. Um. So I think. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't even sure. I didn't really know about even Lions tour. I only really sort of started listening to the pundits, the papers once the second game had been played against England and. People were starting to say, "Yo, Chambers might go in too," and I was like, "You know, people were starting to pick me in the in the squad." I was like, "You know," so that was that was obviously something else to think about. But I just really concentrate on playing off for Scotland. That's all you've got to try and do. But at the back of the mind, and I don't care what anybody says, any player that's playing in the championship this year or next year will be thinking about. I'll be at the back of the mind. They want to go in that too. Mm-hmm. As they want to play for the Lions, it's a it's a very special group of people to to get involved with, and uh, you know I've got no I've got no doubt that um, 
you know, all the Scottish boys will have eyes on it, you know, and, and you know, anything can happen. Yeah, players can come from, from you know, from nowhere and, and, and get in that squad. So um, I suppose I, I, was maybe, I was maybe one of them at the time mm-hmm. um, because obviously, well, Jiffy had uh, gone off to rugby, rugby league, which left a, a door open a little bit. But you still had some quality players out there. Um, you know, so Rob Andrew, Paul Dean, uh, Paul Dean was a fantastic player, the Irish fly half. Um, and yeah, yeah, in Wales it was obviously slightly different. They were obviously the last Jiffy played and Bowen was playing. Um, yeah, so and yes, yeah, so yeah, other guys that were, that were probably in the in the uh, in the frame as well. But uh, no, just to get to get selected for that was 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 uh, was fantastic and. Uh, the way it worked out, I was obviously disappointed. I got dropped after the first test. Um, we lost the game quite badly, but you know, I, I learned a lot from the two. I, I don't mean, I, I personally, I, you know, I'm still not sure why I got dropped. Um, <laughs> nobody, ever, nobody ever came and told me. I, in those days, you just sort of got on with it and trained hard and and hoped you got another opportunity. And uh, and and Paul Dean actually went home after the first first game, and Rob Andrew came out. And and to be fair, you know. To fit, Rob was a lot more experienced than me, um, and we got you know we, we lost that we lost that first test. We got pretty much beaten up um, mm. up front, um, and you know we missed we probably missed Mike, people like Mike Teague and Wade Dooley. They came in and and, and just stiffened up that pack a little bit, and uh, and obviously the, you know the, what happened was it it became the Battle of Ballymore. And Rob, Rob, Rob Jones, Jones yeah. stamped on Nick Farr Jones's uh, toes, and uh, all hell left. All hell broke loose, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, that was pretty a turning point. Um, I, think, so I, think, I think it's still the only series that the Lions have won coming back from one behind, game. I think so, yeah. So, to, and then Camp, Camp, Campo uh, was very, you know, generous in these nice passes in this, in the, uh, <laughs> but you need a little bit of luck to go your way and, <clears throat> that tour, that tour party was thirty one in total, including you know obviously Rob coming out, and mm. um, there were two coaches, physio. You know, it was such a small bunch, but it was so tight. Um, Donald Lenahan was the he was the midweek captain. He was in charge of Donald's Donald's Donuts, that were called themselves, um, and they were unbeaten right throughout the tour. So you know, um, um, you know, <clears throat> to lose one game in the tour, um, two months. Away as a twenty-year-old playing rugby for the British Lions was just an amazing experience, you know. And uh, you know, I was disappointed that obviously, got, as I said before, as I got dropped, um, but delighted that we went on to win the Test matches. And and you know, I just looked. I always looked at. You know, I'll be there in four years' time. Yeah, you know, and and I'll get I'll get an opportunity. Um, and unfortunately, I, I didn't. Uh, you know, obviously, break my arm at Twickenham. When I'd been playing pretty well through the '93 championship and and going well in that game against England at Twickenham, when I broke my arm, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that would have went that that year and tour. And then I was probably even more gutty than the '97 when I didn't get I didn't get picked in '97 because I felt I was actually playing my best rugby of my career. Um, but it's a matter of opinion, and you know, and they went for two guys. One guy, would, you know, they went for Gregor, who'd been playing. Mm-hmm. At centre outside me all year for Scotland, and Paul Grayson, who was uh, the fly half at the club that Ian McGeekin, who was a coach, 
at the time. So, um, yeah, it was tough to take because I think that that was one that I was, you know, everyone just thought I was going to be going on that tour. Um, and it sort of got me in my head thinking I was going to be going, going as well. And, yeah, I was, that was probably, it's probably the most gutted I've ever been. Um, when, and I was training, I was, you know, standing by to go out on that tour and I tore my hamstring really badly. Um, so, you know. Hey, listen, it's 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 rugby for you. The injuries. I'm just fortunate enough to that I've been there once and and done it. I suppose, um, but you know, I think uh, yeah, yeah. What, what could have been, uh, you know? But you just you just don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> before we before we finish, Craig, um, you, you've you've touched on on Melrose and what it was what it was like to to. You know, play your formative rugby there, and the and the guys around. Um, how special was 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 Melrose to uh, to you growing up? As massively, I think it. I think it's about timing. You know, right place, right time. A lot of a lot of in a lot of cases, uh, people have players that have made it, being the right club, um, and having the right coach and having the right sort of influences. Um, and and that guy for me was definitely Jim Telfer. You know, some people. You know, I might not necessarily feel the same. Uh, it was hard, but he was fair, and uh, he put a work ethic into the players that he coached that was second to none. You know, he he. he you know, when you come with cultures and building cultures, and, and that's a, that was never a word that we ever used. We just we just trained, worked hard. It, it was you know and. And we didn't realize that we were building a culture. We were training harder than anybody else. You know, we were young kids and we were being influenced by Jim, who we were scared to say no to. Um, you get a clip in the lug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how long, how long it would have lasted in today's uh, coaching. No, but but it, it had an effect and it, it had a great effect on, on our club at Melrose. And, um, you know, he's a passionate Melrose man who now lives in Gala. Um, no. <laughs> um, but but he he drove us he drove us he worked us and he he, uh, he, he put the steel in, into the club and that went on to win you know, six championships you know in the nineties that those guys were all together with so many international players that came out of the club out of the you know the villages and the surrounding area and then. As soon as we started doing well, people wanted to come and play for us. You know, they travel to play for us. You know, Ron Shepherd, Derek Stark, Peter Wright came. You know, we, we had some, we had some real, real, real good players, and and, and they had really good, a, a really good time. The club was always buzzing on a Saturday night. You know, and you're a young guy, you were, you were, you were, you know, enjoying it. And we, we, we really lost. We didn't lose many games back in those days. So it's just a great environment to be in. And then you take, you know, your experience and your your experience, and, you, and then you know, the the more you do it, the, the the more experience you get. You take that to international level and, and just keep growing. And uh, you know, I think the the younger players below me hopefully took a lot of this, you know, not inspiration, but just you know, if he can do it, if he can get in the Scotland team, you know, why can't I? I think you know, I think like of Brian Redpath, Graham Shield, Doddy. You know, Coggy, all these guys who we trained with and we drank with and socialized with, you know, they, and, and there was guys below that who never got capped, who worked equally as hard, 
and equally, you know, deserved, you know, deserved the, you know, the the, the cap probably. But um, you know, it was just a, it was a great place, a great environment to be in as a young lad. You know, thirty one, thirty two years ago, um, and to be fair to Jim as well, Jim was like years later when my kids were seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They were being coached by Jim. He was coaching under 18s at Melrose, and it was and 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 for for to get, for them to get that, it was not, not much. Not much had changed. He didn't treat them any differently than he treated us, you know. And maybe he lost one or two in the way. One or two, one or two of the flock would would wander off. Maybe maybe retire. Yeah. but the majority of them, uh, you know, they stayed and, and they went on to win the the under 18s championship for the first time for years and I think that you know I think that Jim got Jim got as much pleasure out of that probably as winning a Grand Slam and I'm, I'm not just saying that but he probably did you know especially at that point in his in, in his in his career and you know Jim did so much for Scotland and and obviously synonymous with the Lions living you know mm. with, living with the Lions in the yeah, in, 97 uh, yeah you know so you know he's a he's you know, Jim, Jim, Jim. People have uh, different different uh, perceptions of Jim Telford in Scotland, but you know, I think if you ask most people, um, certainly that I played with and, and who were coached by him, um, you know, he's definitely the best coach I ever had. And, and uh, it wasn't necessarily what he taught me as far as rugby is concerned. It was it was it was just that he gave me that discipline and that drive to you know to become the player I was. Craig, that's probably a, a fantastic place to, uh, to to finish it. It's been an absolute pleasure again to uh, to chat to you and 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 just to to recall that fantastic game, that fairy tale uh, fairy tale debut, um, and some real insights into uh, into what happened on on that day. Craig, it's been a been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, mate. Pleasure. 